Oh, welcome in to the Motown Rundown, your home for all things Detroit sports. Episode 4 today, I know it's been a while, but I am still your host, Ryan Rabinowitz. Coming to you, as always, from the Impact 89 FM studios in the basement of Holden Hall, on the campus of Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. I'll tell you what, I'll be completely honest with you guys, I'd never lie to you. I could not be more excited for the show. I didn't even sleep last night. I was like a kid. I'd, remember when you're a kid on Christmas Eve and, and you're up till 2, 3 a.m. trying to get a look at Santa Claus because you just can't wait to open those presents under the tree? That's how I felt. And it, it, it wasn't because my room was too hot or I, or I was too cold or I was sleeping with socks on. We have a very, very special guest in studio, live in the flesh, breathing the same air as myself right now in Studio H. Our fearless leader here at Impact Sports, the voice of the Impact Is Own podcast, the man, the myth, the legend, and most importantly, my dear friend, Mr. Ryan Cole. Ryan, how the heck are you? Jeez, I I, uh, I feel like I'm going to let you down now with the rest of this. Oh, I you mean, could never. You could never. I can only go down from that intro. My goodness. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I was thinking about the show today, and I know I hinted at it on the last episode of the Motown Rundown about this championship edition that I had this brilliant idea because for me there's nothing more I love than, than than you know than just shooting around about Detroit sports and I, I I was thinking you know God sitting in here alone again by myself <laughs> you know people have to listen to just me for a fourth episode I was like we need to spice it up here and I who better than Mr. Ryan Cole? So I, I appreciate you being here and I'm I am like I said I could not be more excited for today's show you pulled out the trump card didn't you yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely of course this the uh you know Detroit port sports podcast you know yeah to make a euchre reference there too exactly you know, gotta... I, and i hey i appreciate it. that's what we're all about here but yeah like i said i mean this is this to me and like i said to you before the show is this episode today is going to be you know what it's all about for me why i love sports you know i i could never i couldn't tell you the different parts of a car i don't know how airplanes work i don't i'm not really great at coloring in between the lines but one thing i can do is talk about detroit sports and and that's what i'm excited to do with you here today absolutely and it's going to be a lot of fun and just the the idea of a championship episode and everything, I mean, you're spot on. Like, this is this is an exciting episode because Detroit's used to winning championships, and yeah. it hasn't in 10 years. Right. This is the 10th year. I mean, it was 10 years ago that the Red Wings won in 2008. That's, That's nuts. Crazy, I mean, man. we've we've expected so much, and when, when you and I were growing up in the Detroit area, you know, we saw, I mean, okay, I was like, you know, a baby, you know, still had the pacifier in when the Red Wings won in the sure, 90s, sure. but there was that. There was the Pistons in 04, Red Wings win it again in 08, and of course the Lions were down in the dumps, but now they've kind of had a revival. Tigers had multiple chances at winning it all, made two World Series. So we've expect we've we come to expect a lot from those Detroit teams and they haven't won in 10 years. So it's time to talk about hey, what team's going to win next? Yeah, and I and I feel like I mean, like you said, the last championship here was with the Wings in 08, and granted, you know, it's still exciting and it was great, and because I'm a diehard hockey fan myself, but you know, when ten years ago, and we're like what, you know, 10, 11 years mm-hmm. old, you don't you don't really appreciate it as much as when you're, you know, you're, you're living in the hype and you kind of you understand the the landscape of sports and just how hard it is. So I, I'm I'm excited, and we got you know we have a, a couple other things to touch on today. We're going to briefly kick off with the Lions as training camp has begun. Football is so close. I can almost taste it. I love it. It's oh, going to yeah. be a, a great year. I'm excited for Lions football. Um, we're gonna we'll kind of go through who we're keeping an eye on, what we expect from Coach Patricia in the first year. We have to talk Tigers at the deadline because the Tigers 
obviously, you know, they're in a position where some moves should be made. It doesn't sound like they will make moves, which is discouraging to me, but the trade deadline's on July 31st, so we'll get into that and, and, and definitely hash things out with the Tigers. And then, as everyone's been waiting for, the highly anticipated championship talk to wrap up the show. I could not be more excited for that, but let's kick off today, as I said. Training camp is underway in Allen Park for the Detroit Lions. Obviously, you know, we could talk all day about Matt Patricia, the new era of Lions football. You know, the storylines around training camp, always around rookies like Frank Ragnow, on Johnson. The team's only a few days into camp, so it's not like you can talk into, you know, oh, who's winning position battles and who <laughs> looks great, who doesn't, you know, who's who's tearing ACLs in training camp already that we have to deal with for the rest of the year. So Hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but when it, if, if it does, yeah. right? I mean, that's a huge story. Exactly. And so, we'll we'll be here to cover it on the Motown Rundown. I, I can promise you that. So I guess what I want to kick it off is, and I'll, and I'll bring it to you, and obviously I'll give my thoughts too, but Matt Patricia's first year, it's a new era. To me, it seems like there's a different energy around the team, a different energy around the city, and expectations are higher. So for you... What are, what's the expectation for Matt Patricia in his first year? Like, If you could tell him one thing that needs to happen this year for the Lions, what is that for you? Well, let's. so here's the thing is he's coming in as a new coach. Not He's not being uh, asked to just turn everything over and just start from the ground up because there was a foundation put in by Jim Caldwell, and that foundation to me starts and ends with Matthew Stafford at the quarterback position. Because you can't win in the NFL if you don't have a quarterback. That's just rule number one. Boom. But Matt Patricia is asked to come in here, kind of fine-tune some things that may have been left astray by Jim Caldwell, whether it was uh, time management, clock management in a game, you know, or um, just kind of the nastiness of a defense. You know, sometimes they were a little complacent. Um, and then trying to get the trenches going, you know, that offensive line has a lot of talent, and this is maybe the the we have the highest expectations for the offensive line here that we ever have in our lifetime with the Lions. That's nuts, right? And then it's just, where do you start at running back? Who does your running back? I mean, you got like Eric Blunt that came in. Kerryon Johnson also comes in off the draft. So what, what he's trying to do is kind of fine-tune some things, and he's not being asked to make these giant changes to the franchise and all that. So that, to me, shows me, you know what? These guys are close. But that makes it difficult for Matt Patricia. and He's in a difficult situation because he is being asked to win now at a franchise that has not won an NFL championship in 61 years. So as far as expectations for him, it's you got to compete in that division. Definitely don't fall flat because you're not – Again, you're not being asked to just rebuild from the ground up. So you got to compete. You got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And so to me, it's, I mean, be fundamental, be efficient, and, and get to the point where you're coaching. You're basically, the Lions are winning because of the players on the field, and they're not losing because of coaching mistakes. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that you, you bring up a great point. I mean, for me, in the past few years, as you said, it seems like with the Jim Caldwell era, it was maybe an in-betweener of like the, the garbage that the Detroit Lions were and what they could be. Like mm-hmm. Pieces were coming together. The chemistry was building. And it seems like, as you said, 
the pieces are there. And I don't think the it's not so much the players anymore that we can point to and say, oh, here's the problem. The problem's on the field. I, I feel like it's just the execution hasn't been there where the Lions just have not performed as a high-level team. And I almost feel like the reason why, you know, you see the 8-8s, eight and the 9-7s, and sevens, because like you said, they're not – there are certain games where there's teams they should beat that they do not beat. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when's the last time you saw the Lions beat an opponent they weren't supposed to beat? That's what great teams do. They yeah. go out and, you know, for example, a game like the New England, the New England Patriots this year – that, for me, is a game where, granted, they have arguably the best quarterback of all time in Tom Brady, but if you can go out and put together some great football, especially, and you know Matt Patricia is going to want to win that game. Mm-hmm. If you can put together good, solid football for four quarters and go out and beat the Patriots, that's a statement win, mm-hmm. and that's a game that we have never seen the Lions win against any opponent. And and I and, and as far as my expectation is where the focus is on this team is – you have to run the ball. Mm-hmm. If I could tell Matt Patricia one thing, be like, look, we have suffered, suffered here. It's the one running joke of the Lions, despite the wins and losses, 0-16, from a fundamental standpoint, this team cannot run the football. And as you said, they've made improvements to the offensive line. Taylor Decker comes back. Hopefully he stays healthy. Ragnow bolsters that offensive line. So whoever the guy is in training camp, whether it's Carrion Johnson, LeGarrette Blunt, even Abdullah or Riddick, Whoever's getting those carries, I need to see some production on the ground or else what has changed. That's exactly it. I mean, and the thing that I would say in response to the run the ball is, I mean, you can't just run the ball. you got to run the ball well. Right. And you got to run the ball well enough to where you're not putting the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands and saying, all right, you got to go get another third and 14, man. And you know what? He does a heck of a job on those downs. For sure. But that is not what you're supposed to be doing as a football team exactly. out there. And that's not what Matthew Stafford's supposed to be doing as a quarterback. Run the ball well on your running down, set up simple passing situations for Matthew Stafford, set him up for the most success, which then sets the team up for the most success. And and I'll ride that Matthew Stafford train because I, I want to ask the question and maybe, you know, maybe I'm being too critical or it's not a right question to ask, but is there a point where you start pointing the finger at Matthew Stafford, or can you even do that? I mean, so Matthew Stafford, how do I put this lightly? I love that man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a light enough, I, I guess. I just, uh, hmm, gosh, I have to keep it, you know, uh, keep it PG for the listeners out there. But <laughs> Matthew Stafford, I will defend that guy at quarterback until the day I die. I mean, I will support him and what he does because he came in here to a franchise that was 0-16 and had nothing going for him. Yes, they were, I guess, okay, close in a couple of those 0-16 games, right? Uh, I would make an argument that the Browns last year that went 0-16 were worse than the Lions I would that went agree. 0-16. I would agree. So there were some tiny little signs. One of them was a guy by the name of Calvin, excuse me, Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford has been the face of the franchise ever since has handled himself in a very professional manner, has not whined about the fact that he's on a losing franchise that hasn't won in six decades. He wants to win for the city of Detroit. I absolutely love it. I think he's the face of Detroit sports right now. And we're we're going to get into this. To me, we're talking about championship and everything. This is a very Lions-heavy show to me mm-hmm. because as far as the team that has the highest hopes, that has the best player... 
I'm wearing a Lions shirt right now, Ryan. And <laughs> yeah, I love it. I just, I think that Matthew Stafford doesn't deserve, quite honestly, much of any blame. Now, there are a couple things that I guess you could nitpick with him. There's the record against winning teams that everybody likes to throw out there. Mm-hmm. But first of all, what quarterback doesn't have a losing record against winning teams? It's basically Tom Brady has a great record against teams with winning records. That's it. Everybody else kind of has that losing record because you, every quarterback's going to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. And then Matthew Stafford needs to win a few more of those games, though, against, like you said, the Patriots in a statement game, a signature game sure. for for the Patricia um, regime, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge one for him. Uh, that one also, though, gets me nervous because I feel like there's going to be a lot of headlines going in, of right? Of course. Of Some course. national talk around, oh, is this when... Matt Patricia beats the, you know, the the mentee beats the mentor. Right. And we've seen that with, like, Mark D'Antonio going against Nick Saban. And then what's happened the two times they've played? Yeah. <laughs> Bama just creams Michigan State. So exactly. I, I have a weird feeling about that Patriots game with the Lions. But anyways, Stafford, the one thing I'll say is I think he still can have a little bit of that gunslinger mentality and that leads to about – I'd say about three to five poor throws, bad passes per game. Sure. And in order for him and the team to reach their potential, I think that needs to be cut down still, maybe to one to two. Asking for perfection is it's tough. You know, I mean, he's human. He's gonna. He, he's not the, a world beater at quarterback. But cutting down some of those just poor passes. Sometimes they end in interceptions. Sometimes they end in an incomplete pass. Uh, sometimes he misses a wide open guy. Whatever it is, cut down those mistakes. I guess you could say with poor throws. And I mean, he runs the ball when he needs to. He, he's a good scrambler. I mean, he gets he gets the guys ready at the line of scrimmage. I just I don't know how much more you can ask out of him. You know, so finger pointing. I just I can't really do it. Yeah, no, I and I it's it's a, again it's a lot of a lot. You're not alone in that opinion, and I know there's there's definitely their fair share of Stafford haters out there. But he's gonna need some help at some mm-hmm. point because you can point the finger all day long and say you know this guy you know he, why is he not going out and won a playoff game? He should be good enough that he does it on his own. Aaron Rodgers does it on his own. Well, I I, I think that it's bigger than that. I think the Lions are in a better position than the, than the Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a, is a man amongst boys, in, in my opinion, as oh, far yeah. as the league goes. But if you have to, if you're looking at the help that Matthew Stafford needs on the team this year, if you had to give me one guy that you think needs to make an impact now, whether it be for contractual reasons or just someone who we've been waiting just to step up, who's that guy for you? Well, if I could go with one guy, I would go with Taylor Decker, and then I'll go with basically that entire position group, the yeah. offensive line. Again, Absolutely. we're going to talk about that. I mean, as far as helping Matthew Stafford up, I mean, literally helping him up after he gets sacked, <laughs> right, after you yeah. give up a sack, you yep. know, oh, yeah. that's where he needs the help, guys. Don't let him fall down and, and you know, take those hits and everything. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Stafford, those first couple of years, we saw him have injury problems, and there was the, the China doll, quote-unquote, uh, mentality about him. He is as consistent as it gets. He is tough. He has played in every game since. I mean, I I absolutely love just his durability. This offensive line is not helping that, though. I mean, sure. that's what I'm saying. Matthew Stafford doesn't deserve all these fingers pointed because 
The offensive line has been like Swiss cheese letting these guys through <laughs> and getting hits at the franchise quarterback. But he still gets back up, and, yep. and he plays with broken fingers, all this. The offensive line, like I said earlier, they have a lot of hope, a lot of talent, and I really think that this can be the best year for them. And so not only in helping protect Stafford, but again, taking Stafford out of those difficult third and long passes and, and difficult situations by running the football, getting some positive yards on first and second down to where he can have an easy you know, third and four to throw. And, and I just think that offensive line is where it begins and ends as far as where does Stafford need help. Yeah, for sure. My If I had to pinpoint one guy, in my opinion, I my guy this year is Ziggy Ansah, and it's because mm-hmm. obviously – they they franchise tag him this year, and and really it's a tryout year because it, obviously you know contractual obligations aside, he really hasn't lived up to that dominant you know force that I think Lions fans expected. Of yeah. course, you know he he's definitely shown some flashes of wow this guy can play. Yeah, that first year really kind of yeah every, gave everybody these hopes exactly of Pro and, Bowls and and yeah. unfortunately he he's had a hard time staying on the field. I think if Ziggy Ansah is 100% healthy, he can be a dangerous force in the league, not just for the Lions. I think he can be a name that people around the league are going like, wow, check this guy out you know, in Detroit. So I'm really looking for him to step up this year because as far as I'm concerned, if he's not an impact player for as much money as he's getting, he doesn't need to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the Lions have shown – they're willing to pull guys from elsewhere. They're willing to get free agent names that aren't big names and, and just put them into the system that Patricia's building. So if if Ziggy can't compete and he's not living up to those expectations, that's a guy who I you know I don't think has much time left here. And who you know as training camp progresses, I I'm hoping to hear some good storylines about him. I like Anthony Zettel too, though. If you're go- if we're yeah. going defensive end, I mean. Yep. Both those guys have got to step it up as far as getting a pass rush going. I mean, you can look at the entire defensive line. Ashawn Robinson, you know, he had some high expectations last year. Didn't necessarily fall flat, I would say. Sure. But, but he's a guy that you, he can still get better. So that defensive front, I mean, having a nasty pass rush, I think that has to be where Matt Patricia pays the most attention this year uh, as far as the defense goes. Secondary looks Really, really good. Which actually. is surprising Which is, to say. What for There's the Detroit lot, Lions, yeah, no the secondary? Kidding. But yeah, I mean that's those are some guys back there that can make a big difference for sure. Let's let's talk to wrap up Lions today. Let's talk big picture. Oh Lions season. It's the end of the year, and and we're you and I are looking at the Detroit Lions. What what are your expectations for the team as a whole? To the point almost where I want to say, if X doesn't happen, you would be quite disappointed. Because mm-hmm. for me. And I said it on the Green and White Report this morning. If the Lions don't win the North this year, I really will be upset because wow. I, I feel like maybe you get a pass this year if you don't win a playoff game in year one with Patricia. Maybe. But there is no reason to me why you can't. You are, in my opinion, you're the most complete team. The Bears, it's going to be Trubisky's like, you know, second season, but I think it's his first true season of understanding the system and being able to actually compete. I think the Packers are just absolutely in shambles. Aaron Rodgers is the only thing that team has going for them. The it's a pretty Vi- good thing, though. Of course, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, no doubt. But in the Vikings, Kirk Cousins comes in. He had I th- last year was truly, and I hate to rag on a Spartan, but 
Last year was truly the only year that really impressed me as far as his career goes to an extent where I'm like, wow, this guy can can be a, like, you know, a, a top tier NFL quarterback. So the Lions looked the most complete to me. And I just think football's funny where like there's no true rebuilding process. You can look at a team like the Jaguars who go from being a laughing stock of the league to they're a win away from the Super Bowl last mm-hmm. year. So I think you need to go out and win the division. And I and I will tell you right now, and I don't know if it's because I'm naive or I've had too much coffee this morning. I can tell you after game one, if the if the Detroit Lions have a running back, one running back, I don't care if it's, I don't even know if Zenner's still on the team. I don't care who it is. <laughs> if I see a running back rush for even 101 yards, give me a running back that goes over 100 yards. If that happens game one, then in my opinion, SOL, same old Lions, done, gone. It's over. Out the because window. the bar... The bar has now been raised. That's like the one thing that's been holding this team back is, you know, the defenses look better. The offenses look better with Stafford. He has weapons he can use post-Calvin era. But the running game has just been a joke. So if you can give me carry on Johnson or Garrett Blunt that rushes for 103 yards and a touchdown, I don't care if he does it in three carries. Give me that. Let's go. I see that stat. <laughs> SOL's done. Yep. The, the bar's been set, and, and there's no more going back to, oh, you know, this is just what the Lions are. It's over with, in my opinion. Wow. Just the thought of a 100-yard rusher. I, it's like, yeah, it's like I'm dreaming. <laughs> like, like, wake up. Yeah, really. We, yeah. We, can't, we can't get too far ahead of ourselves yeah. with that. Man. But you know what? As far as winning the division, gosh, I'd love to see that. But I'm still I'm gonna give. I don't want to say I'm giving a pass because I mean, these guys have been so close for so long. They need to get. But as far as the first year for Matt Patricia as the head coach, I say the expectation is a wild card, and I because I really like that Vikings defense. I'm a little higher on Kirk Cousins than you are. Sure, yeah. So I think when he comes in, he brings a better game than the quarterbacks that they had in Minnesota last year. So I look at that, and I think, well, if the quarterback position got better, if the defense is kind of around the same, right. they're getting a little older, I think Minnesota is the team to beat in this division. And then... Aaron Rodgers, the bad man, as uh, as Stephen A. He's would a say, bad man. Aaron Rodgers is an unbelievable talent at quarterback, and we've seen him just go out and win games by himself like no other. Right. So, even though the Packers, the rest of the team is just not good, the Bears I do not see as a threat. No. I have not for a while. I basically <laughs> have chalked up the Bears to be the Lions' two guaranteed wins every yes. year for the last about six years. Yep. So I still think that you got to get to that wild card game. If you win it, let's go. Yeah. However, I, I still think that I want to see some young guys produce. I want to see guys like Kenny Galladay maybe rise up a little bit this year, be a little more of a threat. Um some of those other guys, like Anthony Zettel, can he take the next step in his career? The offensive line, can they be a formidable line and, and, and fight in the trenches for years to come? Can we see signs of that to where going into 2019, we can talk about this team not only winning a playoff big game, but getting to the Super Bowl. So to me, this year is not necessarily a rebuilding year. It's not even a reloading year. It's It's the year that... They they do well enough to get to the playoffs, but still, I want to see signs of what's to come as far as 
building a Super Bowl contending team for a, a an extended time period, really. Yeah, right on, man. And I, I'm I'm excited to continue to talk Lions. Oh, it's yeah. going to be a fun year, I think. And maybe it's just the the you know the I drink the Kool Aid every year, and I yep. hope that this year it actually is uh you know it it's worth my while. But we'll move into the to the Tigers now because trade deadline's coming up. You know, this is a team who is obviously in full full rebuild mode. So, you know, the Tigers have suffered going into the All-Star break. They've suffered coming out of the All-Star break. That's not what I'm really concerned about. I want to get into the trades and the future of the team. I mean, I guess I'll start with, in your opinion, is it? am I crazy for thinking it's imperative that they make moves at this deadline? Because it seems like I, I've heard, you, all, you hear names all year. Oh, Fulmer's going to be gone. Castellanos is going to be gone. Iglesias, you know, F- oh, Fires and Lariano. And now it just seems like things have kind of slowed down. I mean, am I crazy for thinking that it's time to make some moves? To me, if you are a team in the Major League of Baseball and you don't make moves at the trade deadline, you are doing it wrong. No matter what. You are either buying or you're selling. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the middle, you're doing it wrong. The Tigers right now need to sell. They got to go out and make moves. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely imperative. You're right. Castellanos, I've never really been high on him. I mean, the guy's 26, going on 27. He's in his prime right now. I just don't see him getting much better as a player from here on out. I certainly do not think that he belongs on a defense other than maybe at first base. I mean, he's been a below below average right fielder. Absolutely. And well below average yeah. actually. And <laughs> yeah. but he's if he's not going to play designated hitter or first base for you like now, trade him. Yeah. I just don't think that and I don't think you're going to get much of a better return if you wait to trade him beyond this. You know? I mean, the reason that they might keep him is just because he's kind of the one consistent face they have right now. Sure. Other than that, I mean, what reason do you have not to trade a guy like that? I mean, I just don't think that he's going to be around for, say, three to five years down the road. I just don't think he's going to be contributing at this level when the Tigers want to be contending for another division championship, getting back in the playoffs and making a run at another World Series. Yeah, that's. I, I think that's the consensus as far as Castellanos goes. I actually I put out a Twitter poll on uh, my Twitter page, at Ryan Rabinowitz4, using the hashtag Motown Rundown, and I asked, out of the following Tigers that I'll name, you know, which do you feel is a necessary keep? And, and out of 77 votes, 52% said Castellanos. And, I'm, and so 21% said Michael Fulmer, 21% said Jose Iglesias, and 6% said Matthew Boyd, who I just threw in there because he's a young guy. He's a mm-hmm. name that's come up. But it's hard for me to to really want to keep Nick Castellanos. Yeah. I don't, you know, to to say it when I say it's necessary to keep, I say a guy like Fulmer, and this is uh, we can kind of segue into now because the two names that obviously people talk about the most and I think mean the most to the Tigers are Castellanos and Fulmer. Mm-hmm. As you said with Castellanos, nobody around the league is looking at Nick Castellanos and going, "That's the guy I want in right field." Who I'm going to trust to make a catch in Game Seven of the World? No, it, it's 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 or his even bat. third base, his old position, right. or I mean, yes, it's it's, it's his bat, and it's, it's a first base position or a DH. Exactly, and I know Ron Gardenhire has hinted at him making the move to first base, but as you said, I mean, I could I could sit here for days and talk to you about how 
I don't care about what the fielding stats are where people go, oh, statistically, he's not that bad. Well, I've been playing baseball since I was three, and the way he judges fly <laughs> balls or doesn't judge fly balls or doesn't break on balls, he's not he's not an outfielder. He's bad, yeah. And you can't, you can't, I don't want to blame him for it. Like, he is what he is. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a very solid hitter. He's coming to his own over the last couple of years because I think people were very quick to rush him and, and jump on him early in his career. But he is what he is, and, and I would have no problem keeping him here at first base, at DH for years to come, if that's what they want to do, if Castellanos is on board, because he's you know he's he's cheap as it is now, he's one of the only faces in Detroit that people can recognize. But for me, the guy that you have to keep is Michael Fulmer, and maybe you have a different opinion on this than me. But what I don't want to see the Tigers start doing is just churning and burning talent. I get it; they're loaded with arms in the minor league system. But realistically, a lot of them are playing like low A, high A ball. There's mm-hmm. not a ton of those young guys that are knocking on the door triple A. Maybe we'll see someone like the Matt Mannings, maybe the Bo Burrows up here in September. But Michael Fulmer is a guy who he won rookie of the year. He had a pretty darn solid sophomore season. Mm-hmm. Granted, he hasn't been great this year, but similar to how I view like Miggy, I don't think Fulmer's been hundred percent healthy since coming off that injury. I think no. he kinda he kinda Jumped into this season, wanted to get going. Obviously, people have been talking about his name as a trade piece for a long time. But a guy with that much talent, who's 25 years old, who's under team control and is cheap for a couple of years to come, you know, I, the, the argument about whether, you know, oh, he won't be in his prime when the Tigers are ready to win, I don't buy that. He's 25 years old. He's This is his first rough patch he's had. And I just don't want to see them you know, take a guy like Fulmer and then you trade him away for a few new pitching prospects. Then the Tigers get some sweet new, you know, lefty who's 24, 25, he's great. And then they dish him and it's the same thing over and over again. That's mm-hmm. just, I don't want to see that. You're right on that. And that's the reason that as far as my guy that I would say is untouchable, I would agree on Michael Fulmer. Um, I've already said what I said about Castellanos. Yeah. Iglesias, I just don't see it with... His bat, I mean, we've heard every offseason, oh, he didn't even touch his glove. He just worked yeah. on hitting. Well, it's it's same old, same old with him. His sure. glove is great, but the bat, I mean, I don't even, as far as his base running, I mean, he doesn't steal enough bases for me to, right. for a player of his caliber. But you would have to assume that that's a guy that can move at the deadline. Someone can mm-hmm. use him in the middle infield. Oh, absolutely. Even, I think even on a bench roll. Just to... Hey, let's put in this guy late, and he's gonna lock down the shortstop position. Yep. No, no ball is getting out to left field. Yep. As far as Fulmer goes, I say he's untouchable because of, I believe he can pitch better. He is. You're right in his first kind of down period here, and when it comes to this this down period, first off, his trade value has decreased, and so. Not only do I think he can pitch better and help the team, and and maybe they just stick with him, he can also pitch better and maybe next year at the trade deadline get a better return. And so I I just think that right now is not the time to trade Michael Fulmer. I have actually, I've gone back and forth all throughout the season, trade Fulmer, don't trade Fulmer. And right now I'm at don't trade Fulmer, but not necessarily because of what you're saying with I think he's going to be the guy in 2022. Mm-hmm. I, I keep, I'm keep i going to keep saying that number, by the way. I think that's kind of the <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's the that's year good... that I'm targeting as yes. far as when all these guys, those, like you said, the single-A guys and yes. all. Casey Mize, the first overall pick, I mean, he's 
Still not going to see the Tigers rotation for another two to three years. So I think that Michael Fulmer can pitch better and either help the team out in a better way or, you know, by playing on the field or help the team in the organization by getting better prospects at a later date. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping by the time July 31st comes around, I know, you know, the, the trade deadline in MLB is kind of complicated. Like, I don't – sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just like, what, is, you know, what does this mean? But I – I, I hope to see guys like Fires, Lariano. I Lariano, I yeah. think for sure. I mean, they yeah. if they paid a very small price for him this year. If you can get anybody back, yeah, exactly. Come on. And that's you know that's brings up a good point that I I feel like I've heard people say, oh well, Fires is here for one more year, or oh you know Lariano, you can't get great return on him, or Leonis Martin, you know he's not going to bring back any good prospects. Who cares? Yeah. Who I mean, I want any kind of return. The Tigers, you know, as much as I as I love the Tigers and I I am always optimistic. They're not winning anything this no. year. They're not. Cleveland has finally shown that they can compete and be an actual real baseball team again. They're making moves. They're bringing guys in to go ahead and, and try to win a World Series. The Tigers are not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You're not re-signing Lariano next year. Nope. If you have fires again next year, it's just another guy that's clogging up space in the rotation for a guy like Norris who's not going to be able to get a chance if he can come back and be healthy. So I don't care if you get back cash or if you get a bag of baseballs back for Leonis Martin. Let Jacoby Jones play center field every day. Let Reyes play in left. Let Castellanos play in right. Bring up Christian Stewart for all I care. Yep. These guys need to go. It's it's. And I understand you bring in guys like this as a stopgap. Fires came in, so the team didn't didn't lose every single game this mm-hmm. year. Lariano, they've been they pitched really well. They, they really have. I appreciate their time here. I appreciate their service. I've seen interest from the Red Sox and Michael Fires. He had a good outing against them uh, this this previous week. But man, it's like I don't I don't really get the. Oh well, you're not gonna get good return. It's like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, prospects. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, you're not you're not gonna get an MLB top ten prospect to you're come in. Not getting in. Mike Trout to come over, exactly. But... And you don't, you never know with some of these mm-hmm. guys. Let the let bring some young talent in, move some pieces around to at least let the younger guys play. Oh yeah, I need to see Fires gone. I need to see Lariano gone. Martin. I mean, even Matthew Boyd, who's what. Four and nine, five and nine. He's got, I think his ERA might be creeping up over four now. You know, oh, he's 27, team control like Fulmer. Get out of here. I, you know, I'm so sick of, of of waiting around. Oh, yeah, Matthew Boyd, this is the year. This was supposed to be the year for Matthew mm-hmm. Boyd. He was supposed to come in, pitch lights. He's had some great games, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. And Daniel Norris can't stay healthy, so it's you can't even judge him. But my patience is running thin. So I guess, you know, if you... If you want to hop on my rant to to finish up the Tigers, I I guess I would just would finish with asking you like, you know, even even pre-deadline, but most mostly post-deadline going into the the true second half of the year, going into next season, the season to come, what are you looking for from the Tigers? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm pulling up the the lineup right now. Honestly, if you're if you're over the age of 30, why are you, you know, yeah, like, seriously, like this team, we're talking about three to five years from now. Okay. Do the math. If you're <laughs> over the age of 30, you're not going to be here and contributing in a major way. Okay. Maybe Miguel Cabrera because he's signed until next century. Yeah. But Victor Martinez, he's gone after this year. Thank yep. God. Uh, 
Liriano, 34. Why keep him? Yes. Fires, 33. Why? Jim Aducey, he's 33. He's just holding up a spot for exactly. somebody who's That's in Toledo. So, it's so asinine to me that he gets time up here. Who is, who's Coleman? I mean, I've seen him <laughs> pitch like once, and I'm, who is this guy? Yeah. Great last name, but Jordan Zimmerman, he's 32. He signed on to this giant contract. I mean, Blaine Hardy's 31. Alex Wilson, 31. Leonis Martin, 30. Shane Green, 29. That's another name we haven't mentioned yes, as far as exactly. a trade name. Yep. But if you're that age, I mean, you're not going to be here contributing in that capacity in three to five years. Right now, you're holding up a spot for a guy like Christian Stewart. I want to see him get up here. Yes. We're going to talk about what we want to see from the rest of the season. Yeah. Get those young guys major league at bats against major league pitchers. Get those uh, minor league pitchers major go against major league hitters. Yes, yes. You know, it's to me there's there's no point in keeping a guy like Francis Liriano. And I don't want to hear the argument of well, veteran leadership. <laughs> Victor Martinez has offered a lot of veteran leadership this year. Yeah. He's hitting what maybe over two hundred now. Like I, I just. Hope. Gosh, I mean, I I don't I don't get it. And Ron Gardenhire is, I think, the guy where he can get in contact with these kids at a younger age yep. and help form them into the next couple of years into what they can be. So trade them, fire sale, seriously, keep it going. Seriously, keep it, it, the fire sale going. Even if a, a guy like you know, you you mentioned a lot of names there that are over the age, like even like Leonis Martin. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would have to imagine there is some team contending. Even if James McCann needs a new pair of underwear, trade Leone's Martin to the Yankees for three pairs of Fruit of the Loom underwear for James McCann. I don't Boom. care. He doesn't need to because you're going to lose him anyway. Mm-hmm. You might as well get something. Get cash. Get a can of pop. Yep. I don't care. Get some sunflower seeds. But for the re- as far as the rest of the year goes, you know, I, I try to watch every game. I love the Tigers. I love baseball. I really think that this team's going to be able to do something special in the years to come. It's very simple for me. Do Make the right moves. Let the young guys come up in September. Just play hard. That's all it is. Let's just see some fundamentals, you know, see, I mean, signs of good coaching. I mean, we've seen Ron Garden hire, I think, do wonders with this team, honestly. I mean, the fact that they have 45 wins at this point, I didn't see it coming. Uh, yeah, it's it's been good to see that. Um, just I mean, it's it's at a much at a different scale of what I said with the Lions earlier. But let's see some young guys give us some signs of hope. Now, for them, it's definitely a much longer process than we are with the Lions. Right. But for the Tigers, get Christian Stewart up here. Get these other guys. I mean, I want to see the lineups for 2020, 2021, 2022. Uh, show me some signs of hope and show me who can be a part of that core rebuild and which guys are just going to kind of fade away and what positions you would need to fill, whether it's in free agency or in the trades uh, in the future. So, yeah, play hard. You're you're exactly right on that. I mean, just September call-ups. Yeah. We'll, uh, we're, we're waiting on those to see who can yep. uh, contribute. Huh? We'll see. But I guess the good news is that the Tigers are working towards winning a championship, which brings me – oh, man, I'm, I'm like, shaking. I got goosebumps. I can't – the championship edition of the Motown Rundown Episode 4. R- really, this all comes back to seeing – and I mentioned it in the last episode – seeing Alex Ovechkin finally win a Stanley Cup 
Washington getting their first. I mean, and now we're looking at, you know, teams like the Tigers at the trade deadline. You see these teams trying to build and make runs to a championship. I mean, I just got excited. I'm hungry for a championship. And so I want to get into, you know, looking at where our teams are at, who's the next team up and all. We, I mean, again, we can talk for hours and hours about this stuff. This is one of the best conversations that I love to have about sports in general or just especially Detroit sports. So I want to analyze the state of the city of Detroit. And I threw out a couple Twitter polls in the last few weeks. So I want to kick off with, in your opinion, among all the professional sports teams in Detroit, which team is going to be the first to bring a championship? And I will, I'll bring up immediately uh, the Twitter poll. I asked this question using the hashtag Motown Rundown. The Detroit Lions with 45% of the vote, followed by, now surprising to me, was the Red Wings mm, at 26%, yeah. Tigers at 19%, Pistons at 10%, which I'll, I guess I'll just, I, we can we can wrap it all in the one because I also asked which, which the last team to win a championship, which was interesting here because people went with the Pistons first overall, mm-hmm. 43%. The Lions were 30% next, which is weird because people are, when you it's, it's it's like when you word it differently, people yeah, think of it differently. Exactly. Well, of course, then, when they think when they think last, they think of lions just because the way it's been. sure. <laughs> and then and then the Red Wings come in at third, and the Tigers come in last. And maybe it's just because I mean how I don't know that that to me, some like people think the Tigers. Well, who knows? I don't know. That's I don't want to. I don't want to read too much into it. But um, just looking at some some feedback here, uh, Brennan McCarthy on Twitter said that he's picked the Lions. Because he feels like the new coaching staff and a proven winner of Matt Patricia at the helm, along with veteran leaders and some of the new draft picks, they have a great shot to develop and win a championship soon. So um, I'll turn it over to you first. I mean, what what team do you think is the closest? It's got to be the Lions, forward down the field. Yeah. I mean, we talked about the fact that they have a quarterback, and that's what you need to win in the NFL. I mean, they have the blueprint there as far as that goes. You need solid coaching, you need a solid running game and, and an offensive line to shore it up, but I think the pieces are there. And uh, and so I don't think this year is necessarily the year, that's what I've said, but that also goes to show you the the signs from the other teams that I, I'm just not confident in. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the Tigers being a process, a three- to five-year process. So if you're picking the Tigers, which I think is a valid choice, you're basically saying you don't think the Lions are going to get it done with Matthew Stafford. And I have said this, actually. I tweeted it out, you know, those, those like, um, quote this with your unpopular <laughs> yeah, blank yes. opinion, like your yeah. opinion about... Good old Twitter, yeah. Yeah, yep. and so your unpopular sports opinion, I quoted it and I said, Matthew Stafford will win a Super Bowl with the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I believe that. I don't and think that's I think, crazy. I think he's going to lead them to a Super Bowl. Like, if not him, then who? Yeah. So... To me, the Lions will get there, and if you're picking the Tigers, you're saying that they won't, basically won't get it. Uh, the Lions won't with Stafford. The Pistons and the Red Wings are the two that are furthest away for me because for the Lions and Tigers, and this is this is my big kind of uh, beef with the Pistons and Red Wings is the Lions and Tigers sunk themselves. You know, I yeah. kind of I kind of equate this you know championship debate. So you're floating on water, mm-hmm. okay? In order f- to jump out of the water and get into the air and, and get high up, yep. you got to dunk yourself in the water yeah. first. Dunk, 
and then I, I don't know, is it buoyancy? Is that sure? The, is that something the term physics. for some it? Science some or physics. science yeah. stuff. We'll yeah. we'll keep that to a, a minimum here yeah. on the sports talk. But <laughs> but you got to dunk yourself. Yeah, the Tigers are currently dunking themselves, mm-hmm. right? They're going to because, gosh, I hope they're training people. <laughs> <laughs> but they're dunking themselves so that five years down the road, they're back up there. All these young guys are going to be more mature and, and competing. Lions dunked themselves by going 0-16. That's a heck of a dunk right <laughs> oh, there. Yeah. But then speaking of dunks, the Pistons have been stuck in mediocrity just kind of floating there yep. for 10 years. Yep. The Red Wings have been stuck in mediocrity for about going on six years or so sure. now. Just kind of stuck there. They were those last couple years of that playoff run. Let's just get to the playoffs as a seven seed, an eight seed, yeah. and losing the first round. Yep. What's that doing for you? What's that doing for the future? Yeah. That's mediocrity is the worst place you can be in any sport, but maybe even more so the NBA and uh, the NHL. You can't just you can't hang playoff banners. Lions stopped doing that last year. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> so. To me, the Pistons and Red Wings are the furthest away because, quite honestly, because they haven't sucked enough. Yeah, that's so fair. That's, that's, a, that's, that's kind of the way it goes. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, I, no, I, I have to agree 100%. I mean, you look at, and, and you know, the Tigers and Lions have to be, I mean, I don't mean to be rude to people that think differently, but if the Tigers and Lions aren't the one-two teams that you think are closest to winning, I mean, you'd have to really sit me down and explain this to me because I would need help understanding. Because, like you said, the Pistons, you can even look at the landscape of the league. Who is going to beat the Warriors? No. Like, I mean, it's, even— The NBA is so top-heavy. Yeah, You're exactly seriously. Right. Until guys like LeBron and KD are out of the league, and now you even have teams like Philly who's going to be dominant mm-hmm. for years to come. Boston, who's done it right. And there's teams that— like the, Giannis is yes, a great young star Milwaukee, in Milwaukee. Yeah. Phoenix is doing it. They're, mm-hmm. they're trying to come back up. You know, teams like Dallas, like, they're doing it. The Pistons are just sitting there and— not doing anything. And I know we've we've talked about it tirelessly on this show, but the Pistons with this team right now is not an NBA roster that can win a championship. If you tear it down, which I don't know how many years it will take because it sounds like from what Dwayne Casey has said, Tom Gorsuch has said this, they don't plan on tearing it down. They're they're happy with what they have and they're going to try to win, which they won't. So, let's say, I don't know, give them 3 to 5 years of floating like you say mm-hmm. and then maybe someone comes in and goes you know what maybe it's time to tear it down that's another five six that's years. another five yeah who knows what the landscape so yeah. that that team is way far away the, the red wings at least now you can see they've done some great drafting mm-hmm. they're bringing young guys in they always have done great drafting right. that's what's kept them as far as uh Red Wings versus Pistons. Yes. Red Wings I've had higher hopes on because they've drafted well. Yeah, and in the in you know that you look at the Tigers as we've talked about too, they're on the right track. The Astros, I mean, they did it in, you know, a, a handful of years where they broke it down, they re they were rebuilding and mm-hmm. they they won it. Not to say that the Tigers are guaranteed to win in 2022, but they're at least <laughs> going to be able to compete again, yeah. which is what's important. But the Lions for me, as you said, I mean, they're the heavy favorite of being the closest. Now, mm-hmm. I guess the question is does being the closest and being the the next team to win, are those two of the same things or are they different? They're a little different. And, and I think that's when you start to look at um, the competitive nature of the league that they're yes. in. And I, I'm glad that you brought up with the NBA, yeah. with the Pistons, is not only are the Pistons stuck there floating, 
they are in the toughest uh, league to break into. Yeah. Because who's won the East every one of these last years? LeBron's team. If you yes. don't have LeBron in the East, you <laughs> haven't gotten in in the last, what, eight years now? Yeah. So, and now he's in the West, so the East is wide open. So that helps the Pistons' case. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to make it out of the East. But you still got to go through Boston. You still got to go through, I mean, I like Milwaukee a lot because I love Giannis. Yeah. And then, I mean, when you look at it, those top-heavy teams in the West are just going to cream who's ever in the East. If you ask me, if if the Warriors make it, then they're going to cream them. If LeBron, if they beat the Warriors and everyone anoints them, you know, it's it's going to be a 4-0 sweep you yeah. know, when, when they get there. The East doesn't have a chance against the West to me. So with the NBA... I mean, it is so tough for if you're not one of those top teams to win. So that's the toughest one to break into. The Red Wings, I could see it because we've seen some teams in the NHL kind of go from, you know, mediocrity yeah. and kind of have and some eight good seeds, years. Eight seeds can beat one seed. They it can. happens in the NHL more so than probably any other league, in my opinion. Actually, but... you're you're probably spot on with that. Yeah. Oh, good, perfect. Yep. Look at me. Oh yeah. Look at me go. I, you're the hockey guy. I'm not. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, to that point, like it, it, you know. In football, like you know, it's no you're not gonna see that. Oh, the you know the wild card teams don't usually mm-hmm. make it all the way. And in, in, in baseball, the there's a little bit of kind of what we've talked about with the Western Conference and the NBA. The NFL has that a little bit in the AFC. So yeah, if you okay. yeah. so it's been there's this kind of thing where uh, only a certain number of quarterbacks have made it to the Super Bowl since like '04, mm-hmm. and it's Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, um. And I think like the one odd year was Joe Flacco. Yeah. Or there were there were two Joe Flacco. Elite. Years. Elite yeah, so, Joe Flacco. So it was like out of nowhere, you know, uh Joe Flacco makes it. But that yeah. that like bucked the trend of the AFC. So luckily for the Lions, they're in the NFC. Yeah. But again, that division, you gotta get through the Vikings, you gotta get through Aaron Rodgers. Um, but they do have a chance. They really do. I mean, yeah. look what Philly did last year with I mean, the backup quarterback. So, right. No, for sure. So as far as closest and in, in which team will win, there are similarities, but it, it's – look, I mean, that, that basically I think the debate is the Lions are closest right now. Yes. But if the Tigers kind of come back up much quicker than we expect mm-hmm. and, and – they might surpass the Lions as far as which team will win the next championship. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't even feel comfortable about talking about the Tigers as a legit contender until, like you said, 2021, 2022. Mm-hmm. So I, and maybe it is just because I have like, you know, Lions fan syndrome or SOL, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's just so hard for me to picture the Lions winning a Super Bowl. It is tough to buy in. And it's and it. you know, like you see, we the pieces are there. I think everyone can agree that this is not the same Lions team as in years past. And it's gonna take a playoff win or a, a you know, something like that, or a division win for me to finally buy into like, okay, this team can legit win. And I brought up the Jaguars earlier, a team that was literally the laughing stock of the league, and now they're Truly, one of the most, one of the scariest teams in football. So, I don't know. I mean, I think you know the Tigers, as you said, if the rebuild goes quickly and they come out of their rebuild and immediately contend, and it's not like a you know they don't have this like steady, staggering growth, then it could be the Lions. But but it's it's the Pistons. Or I mean, I, excuse me, not not even close. To the Pistons It's the Lions for me. 
quite obviously. So, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. But I I, I guess I now the question is, which is going to be one of the, the one of the biggest things that I was looking forward to during this show. What I what I really want to <laughs> what I really want to talk about because I think this is just the most exciting thing to think about, to wrap your head around, to put yourself, you know, at whatever parade is going on downtown. Ooh. And I will I will bring up right now um, the the Twitter poll that I put out asking, as a Detroit sports fan, which team's championship do you think would mean the most to the city? Overwhelmingly, 74% of the vote, Detroit Lions, followed by, again, interesting to me, the 13% with the Red Wings, Nine percent Tigers, four percent Pistons, and before I let before I hear you out, I will tell you right now that for me it is a no brainer Lions mm-hmm. championship. Mm-hmm. And I had a buddy tell me, you know, well, it, it feels like the Tigers have always been, you know, better historically than the Lions to a point where people can stick around the Tigers more. It's hard to stick with the Lions because of how bad they've been. The Tigers have been close, so it's been exciting. They've been in the playoffs. The Lions haven't. It would finally be like, yes, they they did it. They got over the hump for the, and, for yeah, the Tigers. Yeah, and the Tigers did deserve it, you know, yes, in those twice. years. They twice. twice they deserved yes. it for sure. Yes, but the Lions to me, and I'm going to try not to get emotional here. It's like, <laughs> but the Lions have been so, so, so horrifying of a team to where it has embarrassed the city, mm-hmm. it has embarrassed the sport, it has embarrassed my family, it has embarrassed myself, it has embarrassed my kids to come, hopefully one day. But being a Lions fan is just so painful to where you're almost like looked down upon. It's like, oh my, it's like, oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh, a Lions fan, are you okay? It's like we're it's, like a specimen in a zoo. It, it is. It's like it, it, when you tell people, when I've met people here at School of Michigan State, and you know they're from Chicago or or New York, and they go, "Oh, uh, you're not a Lions fan, are you?" And like I go, "Even Chicago, like, come on, the yeah, Bears have sucked for the last still, years, but, but still, they made a Super Bowl yes. with Rex Grossman." Yeah, still, it's like, "Oh, you're a Lions fan? Like, are oh, you okay? Yeah. Like, do you need to talk?" Yeah, it's like, "No, I've been talking for 20 years. We know, like, it's just, it's so heartbreaking." And that's why I've always said, you know, I will never ever root for another team that doesn't play in Detroit. Because you know why? When the day comes when the Lions finally win a Super Bowl, it will feel so much better to me. And you know what? I get to enjoy it 10 minutes before anyone who's ever been like, oh, I hope the Patriots win the Super Bowl this mm-hmm. year. Like, I, I, I can't pull myself out of that. So a, a football championship to a city that is full of people that work hard, they've been through the mud, it's a it's a gritty as we talked about before before the show. It's a gritty city that loves its football, mm-hmm. whether it's college, whether it's pro. The Detroit Lions finally breaking that stigma of being horrifying and being the face of a quote unquote disgusting city that has nothing going for it. That Lions win would shove it to anyone who's yeah. ever said a bad word about the Lions, about the city. I, I would cry. I would break down in tears in your arms, in my father's arms, in my grandfather's arms. It, it would be the most emotional, one of the best days of my life. It'd have to be. I don't know how I followed that up. Man. I you I know you, you have said, it in You said, you said, oh, I'm not getting emotional. But I, 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 emotional. I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> unbelievable. But you're absolutely right. And, and I'm glad that you brought up kind of the... Uh, what goes on with the city and everything, and and 
the backbone of the city is grit and tough. And, and it's all these words that describe the sport of football. And when you ask me, yes, everyone associates Detroit with hockey town, right? Yeah. And, and I'll admit it. I'm not like for these sports, hockey and the Red Wings, they're the fourth out of four that I care about the most. And I don't even, and even to the hockey town point, I, I've really been disappointed with mm-hmm. the, with the support for the Wings. I mean, yeah. seriously, I, I the 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 attendance is a different issue at, mm-hmm. at LCA because there's a lot of you know I I actually I work at Little Caesars Arena over the summer, mm-hmm. and you know I can there are so many great things in that arena. That people are just they're walking around looking at. Things. They don't so, want to go in to watch the game. Exactly, it's so nice exactly. outside. So I don't, you know, that's not a that's not a huge thing for me. But like mm-hmm. the hockey town thing, man, it's like, you know, when they were good and they were winning. Sure, you know, everyone loved it because hockey's such a fun sport to rally around. But it's like this is a this is a primarily football city, baseball city. It there's is. no there's no way around that. It, it is, and that is exactly why to me the results of the poll I'm. I would have the Tigers ahead of the Red Wings as far as which 100%. one would mean the most to the yes. city. And because look at the way that – and then going with the Lions is my number one choice, by the way. Yes, I completely agree on that. Like yeah. I said, Lions heavy show, wearing the shirt, everything. <laughs> These fans are unbelievable. Yes. Lions fans are the diehard of all diehards. To go through so much suffering oh. and stick with them – and sell out the stadium, even though the team's going four and twelve again. Yep. I mean, yes, that's just the nature of the NFL. I mean, the NFL is the biggest league in the country because of that reason. Everybody loves football, but that's exactly it. I mean, the Lions fans are just so unbelievably tough and and gritty, and they stuck it out. They yeah. stuck out zero and sixteen. They didn't win a single game all year. Oh man, and that's. That goes to show you, I think, the support that they've given during the tough times. Imagine when they win the championship, when they win a Super Bowl. I have, I mean, I've been waiting. You know, they haven't hosted a home playoff game since the early 90s. The day that Detroit hosts its first home playoff game oh, at Ford stop Field. It. Oh, my. I mean, they'll blow the roof off the place with the noise in there. Campbell, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then imagine that parade and everything. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's, I mean, I, I talk about Matthew Stafford as the face of the franchise, the face of the city, really, in, as far as sports right now. Definitely doesn't help that Miguel Cabrera, who we really haven't even mentioned here, Miguel Cabrera is hurt, and he is winding down in his fabulous career. Yes. I mean, I think that I would like to see him win one, but I just don't know it's going to happen before he's gone. Matthew Stafford has given so much to this franchise and to this city to where I want to see him win it. I want to see the fans support him in winning in it. And I just think that a Lions championship would do absolute wonders as far as the... And it would kind of define... The Detroit rebuild. Yes. Detroit is this city yes. of the Renaissance. It's We're bringing it back, right? Yes. And the Lions, right when the city started to really go down in about 2008, 2009, it was that 2008 season, the Lions went down mm-hmm. in the dumps. That's when the economy crashed. Yeah. I mean, it's talk about you know sports and real-world implications. There's a real match right there as yes. far as the Lions and the way that the city of Detroit really fell. Yeah. And then the rebirth of the Lions. Downtown Detroit now has had a lot of 
exciting things going on, some new buildings being built and people moving in. I just think it, it all sums up. I mean, Alliance Championship would mean the world to the city of Detroit. Yeah, and it, you even have to look at, for me, it's all about, like, look who's won it recently. I mean, the, the Wings won it in 08. Mm -hmm. Pistons won it in 04. Tigers haven't won it since 84. Lions have never won it. No, so, yeah. you know, it, it's time for them. Like, it's their time. This that Like, I, I remember to an extent the Wings champion. The Wings have been competing in years past to mm -hmm. a certain extent. You know, the... I mean the Pistons years ago, but they've been in like they've been around. So I just I, like you said, I think that football especially. I mean the Super Bowl is the most I mean most watched event of the, the year. Sporting it's a event giant. Of the year. It's a giant spectacle. It is it like is. football. I, I I would argue that a football championship to a city means more than any other championship there is. Everybody around the world knows who you are. Exactly. You know when the Red Wings win it. People in Canada know. Yeah. Maybe some hockey fans over in like Russia and th maybe yeah. they know. But the Super Bowl is the most watched event in the nation. And just to put the city of Detroit on oh. a pedestal like that. And then we talk about we talk about it being a football baseball city. I wonder if people started throwing their, you know, whatever at us, you know, when they heard that. Look at look at the way that this like I said, the fans, this state has supported the Lions mm -hmm. in the dumps. This is a football state. The largest stadium in the world is down the road in Ann Arbor to watch a football team play seven games a year. Yep, That's Michigan Stadium. Spartan Stadium, 75,000. That's bigger than most NFL stadiums, and they fill it every Saturday. I mean, that we have two giant college programs that go to show you our football love and support. The Lions... Ford Field is a hot place on a set on a Sunday. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean it's this is a football state. I mean high school football is big on Friday nights. Hockey's big here only comparatively to the other right, right. you know states. Yes, Minnesota and and maybe like upstate New York, maybe New England a little bit with, but to me it's a football state, man. Yeah, and I I you know I just to to think about that team and and when that win happens i mean you you can look at the cubs i mean that was if you're looking at you know the worst playoff droughts or worst championship sure. droughts when the cubs won the world series the commercials mm -hmm. and the every day on espn and i bought a t-shirt because <laughs> for i mean for the love of god these they haven't won in over 100 we saw years it. it was 108 years and yes, we saw we it. witnessed it happen that's a piece of history if the detroit lions win a super bowl i i feel like like ever mm -hmm. i mean i you know i'd love to share it with my father i'd love to share it with my grandfather my uncles my family it would bring grown men to tears, and this would be an event that you can tell your kids, this is where I was mm -hmm. when the Lions won their Super Bowl. And even if they never win it again, which I would hope is not the case, and right. you think it's like, oh, that's impossible, but look at the people went lifetimes. Cub fans went mm -hmm. a lifetime without a championship. A Lions Super Bowl win, the first one, would be one of the biggest sporting moments in the history of sports forever. Forever. And I then that gets me, I mean, this is, of course, thinking way ahead, but yeah. that gets me thinking, okay, if they win one, are they just going to get complacent and then go back into the dumps for 60 years? I sure hope not. I mean, yeah. I sure hope not. I, I would think that, especially if it happens like with a Matt Patricia coaching regime, you would kind of try to create a dynasty of yeah, sorts, a maybe culture. That, something that, you know, 
Look at what the Packers have had with Aaron Rodgers. Look at, obviously, the Patriots. I'm not going to say they have to become the Patriots. I mean, there's only one franchise that's done that, yeah. and that's these New England Patriots, so for dominant. Sure. But um, at least contending and, and getting getting a good name for the CD Detroit, man. Yeah, and so w- one last thing to segue off that. I know we've been talking forever, and if you're still listening, I appreciate it. I don't know how you've been doing it, but this is whatever, man. I've had fun. This is great. This is I don't great. Care. Yeah, this is, this is what it's all about. So my last thing I want to cover here today, and I'll, I'll, I'll start with, with you. Um, the one Detroit sports player that you, the current player, and I'll, I'll say that that hasn't won one yet because you could bring up a guy like Zetterberg or, you know, guys that have, have been there, done that. You know, I'd love to see Zetterberg win another championship before he retires, sure. if he even comes back to play this year. Right. So Twitter has said when I asked the question, which one of these current players do you most want to see or you feel is most deserving of win a cha- winning a championship in Detroit? Leading the charge, 75% Matthew Stafford. No surprise there. 21% Miguel Cabrera. I threw Dylan Larkin on there because the only wing I could think of. You yeah. know, that has it like Jimmy Howard or Zetterberg. 4%. He's, he's a good choice, though. Yeah, he's sure. a guy who is from the Detroit area, yes. and he's he's a fan favorite. Yes, and coming in last with a whopping 0%, Andre Drummond. Yeah. So Stafford is the fan vote. Goes to show you the Pistons are always just fourth in the city. Yeah, man. no kidding. But, but Stafford is the heavy favorite. What is your favorite? I I mean, I really toyed with this one between Cabrera and Stafford, yep. you know, and, and right now I'm going to go with Cabrera just because they got so close. And I talk about how much Stafford is given to the city. Cabrera has two. Yeah. I mean, Miguel Cabrera, you know, to be completely honest, I mean, I, I actually, I thought about this, you know, think of like, he's, he's so far away from home, mm-hmm. you know, back in Venezuela. He's in a place, I mean, he's a he's a native Spanish speaker, right? Right. And he's in a place where there's just not that much. So he he'd be much more comfortable, I think, living out his career in, say, Miami, Los Angeles, even some Texas, you know, teams like that. So I think he's he's done a lot in he's not exactly the guy who you would think comes here and thinks Detroit. Yeah. And and he probably doesn't I mean want to be in Detroit like I mean I think he wants to help the franchise yeah. I think he's wanted to win I'm not saying right. that it's not like a, obviously Detroit doesn't have the glitz and glamour as New York it or Chicago it doesn't and that's just something that the city always has had to deal with and always will and that's okay we've seen like we said off the top of the show we've seen a lot of teams win here they don't have to win with the glitz and glamour of the superstars and everything mm-hmm. and being all Hollywood and everything Miguel Cabrera has given a lot, and as far as injuries and everything, as far as performance, he did something that nobody had done in 45 years, winning the Triple Crown. Miguel Cabrera is my pick right now, but, I mean, this year might be the year I switch my pick from Miggy to Stafford just based Mm -hmm. on the fact that Miggy's career is fleeting, and Stafford, I mean, his legacy grows more and more year by year in this city, and, I mean, I think he's going to be a lion for life, because, I mean, you just signed this contract extension and everything. He's that guy as well. Um, quick little cop-out, though. A couple years ago, I would have definitely said, not a player's name, but I would have said Mike Illich. Yes. I yeah, would have said that. Yes, it, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Especially yeah. for the Tigers, yeah. as far as what he gave during that magical 10-year run, really. Um, just literally just paying out of pocket. Yeah. Just to 
let's go. Let's get Prince Fielder for $300 million. Yeah. Yes, it didn't work, but he's trying. He was yeah. trying so hard. He gave Jordan Zimmerman this unbelievable contract. That was kind of his last, yeah, the last hurrah kind of thing, try to rile everybody up. And that hasn't worked out, but, I mean, you can't say the man didn't try. Yeah. I mean, Mike Illich, I would have said as far as who I wanted to see win a championship and uh, in his late, you know, ending years of his life with the Red Wings would have been nice, but definitely yeah. with the Tigers, my goodness, that would have been amazing. Yeah, and that's that's a great point to bring up. But I going back to the the single player is Miguel Cabrera, without question, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer, whatever way you look at it. He has, in my opinion, he is the best hitter, if not top three, mm-hmm. and that's being, you know, on the lighter side of things, Hitters, best hitters of all time. Pure hitters, Statistically, yeah. the swing, the contact, the big hits, there's no question. And it's tricky because it's not like a lack of a World Series will stop Miggy from, in Detroit, will stop Miggy from going to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford, on the other hand, if for some reason, which I don't see happening, I hope it doesn't happen, if Matthew Stafford doesn't win a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. Doesn't win a conference championship. Maybe even retires without winning a playoff game, which, again, I don't think is the case. Even though he's been a great quarterback statistically, that's a guy who we might be looking at in a couple years from now. Like, can you put him in the Hall of Fame? And granted, Dan Marino got in, but, you know, Stafford's a great, great quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think the elite conversation is becoming more and more real. But... When I think of a guy that deserves it, that's just that's been here for years, has been so close, wants it so bad, has really made a great impression on the city. Of course, he's had his moments where it's like, does this guy want to be here? Why is he acting this way? He's had his problems. But Miguel Cabrera has put his time in in this city. He's been so close. He's one of the only remaining guys on this team, other than like Victor, who's going to be gone next year that has been through it all, through thick and thin. Seeing Miggy lift the World Series trophy in the city of Detroit, (sighs) I almost look at it as like the picture on the page of the front page of the news, the newspaper the next day. I think people, people's hearts would race a little bit faster to see Miggy with the trophy in the air Mm -hmm. versus Stafford with the trophy in the air. For him individually, Individually. I I completely agree. And and just as far as, I think think you're spot on with, all-time greatness, Miguel Cabrera, I think, leaves a larger legacy on the sport of baseball yes. than Matthew Stafford will on the sport of football. And so for that reason, individually, did this guy give everything he could on the field? Well, Matthew Stafford, he's done a great job. He's put up some great numbers. Yeah. The triple crown, though, yeah. the, I mean, it is <laughs> tough. And battling through all the injuries that Miguel Cabrera has, I think you're spot on with that. Yeah, and I, you know, it just it, it all comes back to as well. Just the the fact that Miguel Cabrera is going to go down, is definitively is going to go down as one of the best baseball players to ever play the sport. Not a lot of guys like that are from Detroit. You right. know, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll give you like okay, so Nick Lidstrom, you know, Steve Eiserman for mm-hmm. the Wings, Gordy Howe. Uh, as far as the Lions are concerned, Barry it's, Sanders, it's Barry, and then Calvin at the wide receiver position, but. I mean, his career, I think, 
both yeah. those guys, their careers were a little short to talk all-time greatness. Right, sure. So I just think Miggy, out of all the players that have come mm-hmm. through the city, is the premier guy, is who was the best athlete in the game to play for the city of Detroit. It is, was, and and I, for the future, it looks like it will be Miguel Cabrera. Wow. You know, you mentioned that. Really no Pistons we even talked about as far as all-time greatness. Yeah, because, I mean, even if you look at who's that. The, who's the best Piston? Isaiah Thomas? I would, I, mean, I would probably have to say Isaiah Thomas just because you look at the 04 Pistons, which were my, I mean, obviously I didn't grow up with the bad boy Pistons, but the going-to-work Pistons were just so fun to watch. But no one's talking about Ben as one of the best players sure. of all time and Rashid. It was a group it was a of guys. Team, yeah, it was a team. A they defense, loved each a team other. defense, yeah. Exactly. So, by the way, on this debate, I think it would have been fun a year or two ago to have this conversation with um, matching up two Lions, Matthew okay. Stafford and Calvin Johnson. Yeah, who or would even... you who would be uh, who would you most want to see win a championship? Yeah. And then on the Tiger side, Miguel Cabrera or Justin Verlander? Yes, sir. Yeah, and throwing Verlander in there as a potential Hall of Famer and everything. Yeah. And I think a lot of Tigers fans came together, and we saw. Tigers fans rooting for the Astros last year because Verlander deserved a championship after all that he gave to the city and and the way he handled himself. And I think it, it, that really brings about this debate uh, when we talk about guys that aren't able to go over to a winning team like Miguel Cabrera. Like he's yeah. he's still here. The poor. Sorry, man. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. That that would have been a fun debate, you know. And then before Calvin exactly. Johnson retired, there's a little animosity, I think, still towards Calvin Johnson with yeah. when he retired and everything. Sure. But, um, yeah, just yeah, these are some great players. But Ryan, we got to see a championship. I know, man. And I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> like I said, I'm I'm hurting for one. But I, you know, what a fun show today. I mean, yeah. seriously, like I like this is some of the most fun I've ever had talking to anyone, any human being period. But I appreciate you being here today. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan underscore Cole nine. You can follow me at Ryan Rabinowitz four. use the hashtag Motown rundown. If you want to, I don't know, tell me how your day is going. Let's, let's, let's talk some sports, but the Motown Ryan down. Oh, wow. We might have to rebrand the entire show now. <laughs> that's incredible. But I hope you know. I hope you enjoyed yourself today. I'd, I'd love to have you back on soon before you graduate and go into the real world. Oh, but... man. Don't even start with that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I won't, we won't get too sentimental here. But that's all we have for today's show. It's been a great time. Thank you, Ryan Cole, for being here with me today. Thanks for having me, Ryan Rubin. Oh, Let's... yeah. Thank you to the listeners for listening. This has been the Motown Rundown, Episode 4. We'll see you next time. <laughs>